Welcome to Digital Savages Challenging the Status Quo Podcast. Digital Savages brings you the original stories of misfits, challengers, and people who do not abide by somebody else's rules. Enjoy and challenge the status quo, always. Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Challenging the Status Quo. Today, my challenger of the status quo is Justin Golson. He's a professor at Penn State University, and he's going to challenge the status quo of education. So I'm really looking forward to hear this story. Welcome, Justin. Awesome to have you on the show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. So, so Justin, before we dive into uh, dissecting the education, what has your journey been like? Did something fall in your hands? Was it presented on a silver platter or did you have to earn it? What was your life journey? To get where you are right now, I would I would say I had I had to work for it. I would say I come I come from North Carolina. You know, I always I always say I'm always I'm always I'm a country boy from the sticks in North Carolina, right? You know, yes, my father my father was a plant manager in North Carolina, so I kind of grew up, you know, on the manufacturing floor. So so whenever I whenever I went to college, I actually had a baseball scholarship, and I was a computer science major. And and you know during the during the spring semester we had mandatory computer labs. And when I went to the, when I went to chair the program, the computer science program, I said, Hey, we travel on Wednesdays, you know? And he said, well, you have to choose between baseball or computer science. I said, well, you're not paying for my scholarship. So I'm out. Right. So, so <laughs> as a, as a broke college student, one of my teammates, he was like, Hey, Goldie, they call me Goldie. He's like, Hey, Goldie. He was like, you can go in this program in a school of business called supply chain and we get money on top of our baseball scholarship. I said, Hmm, I can dig with that. I can dig that. I'm broke. All right. So, so, you know, I started with this, with this program and, you know, they were talking about things. I was like, I did this stuff at my dad's plant. This stuff is simple. You know, so it just came to me easily. And and during my internships, you know, I was I was loving everything I was I was doing within because I actually worked for a drill bit manufacturer in, in North Carolina and the rest is history. You know, but whenever I got into consulting, you know, because I was I was young, you know, and I was in, in that particular industry. Right. You know, it was tough. You know, it was it was tough to cut. I mean, because discrimination was is, is still, it was, was bad back then. And it's still now. I don't care what anybody says, you know, so so. I had that experience. I busted my butt. And and that's why that's what I share with my students. I say, I got drugged through the mud and I'm going to share those experience with experiences with you. So you one, so you know what to expect once you get into the industry. And two, whenever you're a leader, you know what not to do and how to empower. I say because because diverse, diverse workforces lead to innovation and diversity is a competitive advantage for an organization. Right. So so what got me into higher education was that you know, I started I started guest lecturing at Penn State University at Rutgers University, and I would always ask these graduate students, "What are you going to do with this degree?" You know, and I would get all kinds of answers. And when I went to Morgan State University, which is a historically black college and university, I went to North Carolina A&T, which is also a historically black college and university, right? So I asked these 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 kids. They were two weeks from away from graduating with a master's, and I said, "What are you going to do with this degree?" Didn't get a single answer, right? So so first of all, I felt that they were underserved. Right. But I was like, look, I said, just because you get this piece of paper does not mean that a job's going to land in your lap. Right. 
And then from that point forward, I said, I got to make a change. I got to make a change for not not just for my people, not just for African-Americans, but but all students. Right. Because these 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 people are career academics, you know, some some is not, not all. You know, some are career academics, you know, some are researchers, you know, some do not have that industry experience and they don't know, understand what what it's really like in the industry. You know, they teach theory, you know, and I think that, you know, I teach theory and practice and a number of my students say, man, you're different. I say, I come from the industry. I come from the industry and I'm still deep in the industry, you know. So I say that I used I used to make a bold statement to say that the higher education system is broken. You know, I'm still in higher education. So I have to backtrack a little bit and I have to say there's room for improvement within higher education. <laughs> right. So, so that's where, that's where we're at right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so it's not broken. We just have to reduce waste in the supply chain <laughs> manner. Yes, yes, <laughs> we yeah, implement some lean six. We have to practice continuous improvement. We have, we have, we have to practice cause. We have to do some cause and events within higher education. <laughs> yeah. So so some 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 lean experiments and, yeah. and try not to cut out the waste. So what do you find? You say they don't they don't have a clue. Why are students so clue? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm not talking about I, I'm not talking about so I'm not putting words in your mouth, but what I'm saying is you ask students what are you going to oh. do with this piece of paper. And they yeah, yeah. didn't have a clue. Do you think that most people just get into college or or universities, uh, for that matter, just to get that piece of paper in hopes that they're privileged enough to get a job just by having that piece of paper? It's the status quo. It's keeping up with the Joneses, right? You know, just because just because they see people on TV with these degrees, they go on, they go on social media and, you know, like a month ago. You know, on LinkedIn, on IG, everybody had their cap and gown on, right? With their piece of paper graduating from these large institutions, you know, and it's it's like it's like buying your first house, right? It's like having your first child. It's like one of those like one of those one of those milestone events in one's life, right? Yeah. So my my, my favorite, and this is from service-oriented architecture, so this is just plainly from IT, but somebody else said it, and it starts with, in theory, tyranny, practice are the same. In practice, they're not. And everything is said with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. How far is the current education preparing people for the world today? Because today, there is no single cutout. We're not in an industrial revolution 1.0, where, you know, you're put behind the track and you have to just be the operator. It's so broad. You have to be multidisciplinary oriented. You have to know skill. You have to have interpersonal skills. You have to have international skills to communicate with people, some IT skills. So it's, it's, it's appalling. You have to be a polymath. You have to be multi-talented or exploit your talents and not be focused on only one thing. Otherwise, you get stuck in this vertical. So right. where, how, how do you think about that? I say so. So I speak at a lot of I speak at a lot of conferences, and like my elevator pitch that I always tell people, you know, is that you know my peers within higher education say, Justin, you're all over the place whenever you're at these conferences. Like you talk about supply chain, you talk about blockchain, you talk about AI, you talk about sustainability, you talk about diversity and inclusion. It's like stay in your lane. What's like? What's your lane? I said systems thinking is my lane. I say in order to understand this 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 evolving world where we're living in you have to have that systems thinking mindset you know and and people in technology get that right but 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 people within higher education they're like huh 
what? Right? I, I get, get you. It. And, and this is exactly so. My previous guest said the same. You have to have a system thinking mindset because, mm-hmm. from the technological uh, technological point of view, what any technology is looking is like a hammer looking for a nail. I have a mm-hmm. solution. Where's your problem? While from system thinking, you're looking at what is the problem, and then you're looking at how is it interacting with each other. So you go from cause and effect and you go to the core. Because if you solve the problem on the surface, it will still remain a problem in the core system, right? So you need to have holistic view of the full system before you can say, okay, this is how we can solve it. And this is how we'll impact all the all the ends. Um, mm-hmm. It's system thinking apart. So uh, I believe that uh, fifth discipline, I probably, you know, this yeah, book. Singing. Singing. Peter Singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, you have to read that, uh, right? It's, yeah. the, it's the core essence of everything. And it's old as the way to Rome. Uh, how, how embedded is this into education system thinking? At the undergrad graduate level, not so much, but you'll get to it. You'll get to it in certain disciplines within graduate programs. I will say that um, for for like sustainability classes, I integrate systems thinking within within those classes. Um, any type of any type of leadership classes, I try to embed systems thinking within within those courses. So so I would say I would say based on the program, you'll see you'll see this systems thinking um, systems theory. You know, you see systems theory in computer science, right? You know, so so you see it in, in certain industries. So, yes, it, it is there. We do talk about it, you know, and and but the thing is, we talk about it from a theory perspective. You don't actually see that's the difference. That's the difference. You have to practice it. Right. So. so- where do you see this gap um, when you look at it? So uh, you have IT and within IT, I will, co- okay, let me call it computer science, computer science, do not, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> to indulge everybody beneath it. And that is everything that has to do with IT, data analytics, artificial intelligence, blockchain, etc. It's like computer science. Then you have the business administration. So, you know, consultancy, uh, understanding how business models work, looking at like your classical MBA, right? Mm-hmm. Strategy, uh, etc. You also have a part that is customer facing, like a marketing. Do I understand mm-hmm. my, cu- my customer, etc. When you would set up a curriculum of your choice, so let's say you're, you're setting up a curriculum right now on the spot mm-hmm. on top of your mind, what would the basis be? One, like I said, it's going to be systems thinking, but two, it's going to be it's going to be oh they're going to have to understand technology they're going to have to un- i'm going to say leaders have to have to take a class in in in, in social and social media and digital marketing they're going to have to understand that right yeah. and and everyone needs to understand ai you know and, and when I, let me back up whenever i say ai another thing i always talk about is my my I always say AI is augmented intelligence, right? It's going to assist us in decision making. I would say I would say an AI course should be a should be a foundational requirement for every single program, whether it whether it whether it's computer science, whether it's business, whether it's nursing. AI is going, say- AI is going to disrupt health healthcare more than more than any industry, in my opinion, right? Well, it, it's going to disrupt. disrupt uh, well, we first have to change the way we think mm-hmm. and the organization think. Otherwise, you know, it, um, I, I have. Learned learned the hard way that uh, the organization are willing to change only when their current business model is disrupted. Otherwise, they're going, as as long, yeah, as long as they're earning money, why should I change? 
There mm-hmm. is no need for it. And then they get, you know, roughed up by this startup that comes along that they haven't seen coming because of their arrogance. And then they mm-hmm. start thinking, oh, they're bit by bit, they're they're uh, uh, looting their business model. And then it gets scary for them. And then they're willing to change. But how can we equip? So you say there is room for improvement. How can we equip the students? You also said, and, and I said, don't spill the gold. Uh, uh, you said something about the students and their unique set of skills because there are ten thousands of the same people, you know, mm-hmm. graduating from the same school with the same diploma. So, mm-hmm. what makes you different? So, how can students distinguish themselves among the mass? You have to. You have to. You have to look at that discipline that you're in. You know, at the from a holistic perspective. So, for example, supply chain. I teach supply chain. Supply chain is massive. In supply chain, you can go into enterprise applications like I went into. So I could, so if I if I like technology and I'm in supply chain, I'm focused on enterprise applications. I'm focused on ERP systems. I'm focused on SAP. I'm focused on Oracle. I'm focused on Inform, right? If I like purchasing, I'm gonna be looking, I'm gonna be looking at procurement. If I'm good in math, I'm gonna be looking at, at, at forecasting and planning. So you have to find your niche within your discipline, right? If I'm a marketing major, you know, if I like, if I like social, if I, if I, if I, I I know social media is going to be the future. I'm going to, I'm going to know the most about IG Instagram. I'm going to know the most about Facebook. I'm going to be the most knowledgeable about TikTok (laughs) out there. That's my niche, right? Because organizations need that specialization. And if you have that mindset, you know, if you have that mindset, you are totally different. You're at a different level than your traditional TikTok user, your traditional IG user, right? And one thing that one thing that my 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 master, my uh, my undergraduate marketing students, my marketing students taught me was that they took one class in digital marketing at Penn State, right? We're making changes to it. They're actually they're actually doing like a minor in in in, in digital marketing, I don't believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But it's not, you know. You know, even Penn State has room for improvement. They're fixing it. They are fixing it. I will say that they are fixing it, right? But even even Penn State, you know, at, at a large institution like that, they recognize that problem and they're addressing it. So if I understand you correctly, so what you're saying is whatever major you're following, right? Whether it's supply chain or computer science or architecture or whatever, yeah. that's a domain. Within domain, that domain, yeah. You have to be badass and at least one thing. You have to be the, the the most knowledgeable person on top of the trends and developments overall. And you have to understand supporting technologies that are enabling the full domain. So you need to know computer science. You don't have to be a developer, but you have to understand the right. system thinking behind it. You have to understand right. the value of digital marketing for that domain. And then... You know, if that is your expertise, then you focus on that. If it's not, then you move on. So how do you relate this? I have a strong belief that every one of us, I believe that Gallup, I, I believe in Gallup strongly, like Clifton Strengths Finder, it shows you your yep, five yep, yep. core strengths, right? How does this align with with searching your niche and et cetera? Because when you, when you look at it, we're at the kind of brink of new era of employment, a new era of organization, or this is mm-hmm. what I believe, where people will really want to work 
for and with companies they really, really, truly believe in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That comes from their core, not only from their skill set, the like the technological or or knowledgeable or expertise thought leadership skill set. Mm-hmm. But but how does this relate in your mind? How uh, what is the focus? Because I my assumption is that schools treat everybody the same way. Right. So so to address your first thing in terms of the strengths finder, I'm going to share my experience with that. And that I took the strengths finder, I would say maybe eight years ago or so. Right. Back when I was in consulting, you know, and I kind of had that I kind of had that transactional leadership type mindset. Right. I was in professional services, so I was I was focused on, you know, I was focused on utilization. Right. You know, but now that I'm in higher education, it kind of switched, it transitioned, you know, my my values, my focus transitioned to somewhat like a servant leadership mindset. Right. And and when researching Jack Welch, you know, his progression was exactly the same way, you know, and I refer to it as evolutionary leadership. You know, where we grow, we grow, we grow, we we grow, we grow wiser and things like that. You know, and as we as we grow in our industry, you know, things, 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 things change, you know, your priorities change. But to address your second point in that, you know, people are going to start to to look for organizations that are aligned with their missions and their values. One thing I talk a lot about is the, the quadruple bottom line. You know, so we always talk about people, planet and profit. Right. Whenever we talk about the triple bottom line, but there's going to be a fourth P in terms of purpose, you know, and consume. Not only are will consumers look at that organization's purpose to ensure that it's aligned with their purpose before they purchase, but but those prospective employees are going to do the exact same thing. And that goes to your point is is this organization's purpose aligned with mine? Because if they're not, maybe I, maybe I will have a tough time working for this organization, right? And 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 with me, with with students who with students who who want me to mentor them, my purpose is sometimes not aligned with those students. In that I'm about social change, I'm about diversity and inclusion. If you're about if you're just about that transactional leadership, like I was eight years ago, right? We're not going to be aligned. Back in the day, we would have been we would have been amazing together, right? Because <laughs> I was trying to dominate, I was trying to make as much money as possible, you know. But those, my, but my priorities have shifted. My priorities have changed. The more people I've collaborated with, the more of the world that I've seen, you know, and the more the more I see behind the scenes of some of these organizations, there has to be a change. So now my shift has 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 focused on you know positive positive global change. And my rule. My rule is if you're not if you're not for social impact as the organization, I'm not I'm not messing with you. I'm not working with you. I can't. I can't give you my all. What drove you to their change? What was the the aha moment for you? My transactional through to there has to be something that actually broke that like, okay, I'm not I'm I have to change. What was that? It was it was it was sounding sounding the alarm of practices of organizations I was consulting with, with the leadership of my organizations, and they were turning a blind eye because they were bringing in so much revenue, right? Not only that, you know, whenever I was in these in these board meetings with organizations, you know, and me me being me being African American and me, you know, managing other other Caucasians, 
they were to address, they would address questions. They would address decisions toward everyone else. And I'm the one running the show. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter that I have a PhD. They just look at the skin color in some cases. I know in some parts of the world that doesn't matter, but like I said, I was the manufacturing. It's the culture of that industry in in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in the majority of 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 these areas. Like I said, in certain certain states, that's not a problem, but in the majority of the areas where I worked in, that was the issue, right? So my thing is, like I said, I was successful. I was successful in the industry. I always I always had a goal to say I want to retire by the time I'm thirty. I've always had that, even when I was an undergrad, right? I left the industry at 35, so I got close, you know. But my thing was, my thing was, I need to teach the, I need to teach these future leaders what I experienced. Like I said, I got drugged through the mud, and the last straw in the industry was that I was at dinner one night with an individual. He he had he had he had he had one glass one glass of wine too many, right? And he was like, man, you got it. He said, you, you're young. He said, you got a book out. You got a PhD. He said, man, I'm intimidated by you. I said, look, I said, I don't want your job. I said, you're my father's age and you are one, you are one rung above me. I don't trust me. I don't want your job. I'm up for bigger things. And if you are, if you are providing input to my, to my evaluations for any kind of raises, any kind of promotions, if you're intimidated, how, how are you going to give me a positive, a positive review? You're not. You're not because you're threatened. So my thing is, that's why, that's why I left the industry. And I share that story all the time with my students, all the time. And like I said, when I'm in, when I'm in higher education, I go on the, I go on these conferences and I say, I say, I say the things that a lot of people are afraid to say. And I've had a number of people say thank you because they can't say it. But we're not used to truth anymore. Exactly. Exactly. And, pe- and whenever I say the truth, I've had a, a few people, not a number, a few people say, man, you're vigilant. How am I vigilant? And I'm telling the truth. That's ridiculous. That's that's if you're a part of sheeple, then, you know, you're not used to truth. You're, you're used to somebody telling you left and they all go left. But but two questions for you. So you pointed out a very, very interesting. So <clears throat> what does... Why do you think that people uh, cannot, why are people not colorblind? Why can't we treat each other as human beings without having, be, having any bias towards color, religion, culture, heritage? That's how we're all raised. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I tell, I tell a lot of people, I'm about to tell you two things. It's probably, it's probably going to upset, it's, it's probably going to upset a few people on, on, on listening to this, but you know what it needs to be said? First thing I always say is, you know, black back last year. Now, first off, before I say this, there have been some amazing, amazing progress that's happened. But, you know, whenever everybody was talking about Black Lives Matter, you know, I said there's bigger problems than that, that, that's going on around the world than that. Like I said, there's been some amazing things that's happened, but there are a lot of problems going on in Africa. There's a lot of problems that's going on in India that deserved more that deserved that focus that we had. Right. Like I said, we made some amazing progress. So now now that we've made progress with this Black Lives Matter movement, now let's take the exact same effort that we did on that movement and transition that to areas in Africa, areas in India, areas in areas such as Haiti. Right. But it probably won't happen because there's nothing in it for. Right. 
what's in it for me, right? Now, another point, another point I'm going to say is, you know, I grew up in the South. I grew up in the South and, and, you know, I had bias. I had biases against people as well. And I'm a, and I'm a minority, but it's, it's, but it's, it's because of how you're raised and it's because of the people you, you've been around, you know, and I grew up with, I grew up with people. I grew up with people. I grew up with people and, you know, the father, the, 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 the father was, was, was racist, but you know, whenever, whenever, whenever their kids has little, has little, little mixed Hispanic, Hispanic and Caucasian babies, two of his kids has mixed Hispanic and Caucasian babies. He loves the heck out of those kids, out of those, out of those grandkids, right? It's how you were raised and it's how, it's how your life gets impacted by certain things. Right. So I, uh, I, in addition to that, I, I truly believe that actually we have three most important impact factors in our life on how we think. First one is, of course, your direct surrounding, which are your parents. Yeah. Okay. The second one is the education and especially the professor uh, who is teaching you mm. how the world looks like, because that creates mm. your perception. Mm. And the third one is your direct environment in which you grow up. So you're outside of your family ring, your friends. So, and if you have all three with a significant bias towards something, you, you're not dealt a very good hand of cards, I would say. Yeah, you're right. Because like my wife, my wife, she grew up in New York. So she had, she had pretty much, pretty much any nationality she was friends with. Right. So like, she sees no color. Like if you think about it, like people in like, who grew up in like those areas, like New York city, San Francisco, they see no color. If you think about people that, you know, in California, they really don't see any color because they have that, they have that diversity in their surroundings and everything they see. Right. Whenever you go down South where I grew up, Oh boy, 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 boy. <laughs> it's a totally different world, you know? And like, even my, even my friends, even my friends I speak with, they'll say some things. I'm like, really, you just say that. But the thing is when we grew up, they said stuff like that all the time, but that, I, that was, that's what I was around. So it didn't phase me. But now that I have a more holistic view of the world, you see things differently. Does that make sense? You yeah, know, definitely. And, you're and, open-minded. Yeah. And I think that, I think that, I think that the internet has, has allowed for more than, for, for more of that, you know, social media, that's one, that's one, of, that's one, that's one of the few, one of the few benefits to social media where they give, they give the good, the good uh, views of certain, certain cultures and things like that, where, you know, people in different parts of the world never, you know, never see that, you know, and, and, you know, there's different parts of the world there. They've never seen, they've never, they've never seen an Asian person. They've never seen a Hispanic person. They've never seen a black person before. Right. But social media provides them access to that. You know, so I think that that's that's a beautiful thing. And I think that I think that we're making progress into into this into kind of breaking down the barriers, if you will. I think I think that's, so. So I, I just I just did. Some, I, I used to I taught I taught in Saudi Arabia. I taught a class in Saudi Arabia two semesters ago. You know, as of like three years ago, I think three years ago, women couldn't drive in Saudi Arabia. Right. And the institution I taught at, the institution I taught at is led by a woman. To me, that's amazing. Right. We have to, we have to 
keep the trust in the good of humankind and work on it. <laughs> True. But do you think do you think we're getting there? Do you think we have a long way to go? Well, I'm naive to 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 truly believe that we'll get there. Not not without a struggle. Nothing beautiful happens without a struggle. You know, mm-hmm. uh, diamonds, diamonds, diamonds they, uh, come to existence under pressure, right? So, right. you know, there, there, there is nothing without a solid struggle. So before we get there, we'll have to <laughs> be dragged through the mud. And I think that uh, given the current situation and what the whole world went through, I think that we are remembered of our human values, like real yeah. human values. That we sat down, looked ourselves in a mirror and said, Mm, I'm not really happy with who I am. I want something different. So now I think we are looking at one of the greatest changement movements in the world, purpose-driven from your core, uh, working for purpose-driven organization that really, really essentially want to, like they want to, they have they want to have the impact on the world they want to change the world for the positive and the more uh, we have i i always use this uh, dutch example of uh, the factory tony chocolonely we talked about this yeah, we talked uh, about that yeah yeah i, t- I yeah, talk about that yeah. about that all the time <laughs> <laughs> so 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 you know the story so but they started alone and now five or ten years later now everybody wants to get there you know the the coca-cola action from ronaldo last time from you know removing the bottles of uh, coca-cola <laughs> and putting water it's it's these kinds of statements uh and we'll get there eventually we'll yeah, get there and 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 so one thing I always the one thing I do tell people, like I said, I'm I'm transparent and I tell I tell my students all the time. I say whenever I was in the industry, I was a super jerk. I was focused on money, I was focused on utilization, I was focused on I had that transactional leadership, you know, mindset 24-7, right? That's all I thought about, right? But but you know what? You talk about your surroundings. And I was actually, I was actually mentored, I was mentored in an environment that had that mindset. So that kind of, so like, when I, think about it. You're a 21, you're a 21 year old fresh out of college, right? And you're seeing this organization be very successful. And you're taught, you're, you're, you're being taught these things. And they're actually, you're executing these things and they're actually successful. So you say, man, hmm, I'm going to keep doing this, Right. But then the more you learn, you know, it's like, man, and you look back on it. Like I said, that was a super jerk. Right. So I tell my students, you know, I had a student walk in and walk into my office one day and he was like, I want to be like you. one. I want to be like you. What do you mean? He's like, I want to I want to get I want to travel. I want to consult with organizations. I want to implement technology. I said, you don't want to be like me. I said, I want you to be better than me. And from this day forward, I always tell my students that. You know, I said, I'm transparent. I, I said, yes, I was, I was horrible in the industry. I was horrible. That was so mean. But, but, but the thing is you learn from it, right? You learn from it. Luckily, luckily I'm still somewhat, somewhat young. So, you know, I can, I can, <laughs> I can, 
I can I can kind of I can kind of fix fix I can fix my <laughs> fix my fix my 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 missteps, but but you know I think that you know we also we always have to take a reflection on and and say you know how can we how can we be better? We we look we look we look to be to to improve our organization. Like we look to strive for continuous improvement, right? But how can we continuously improve ourselves? And that's one thing that every single person needs to think about. That's definitely true. And what are you all talking about before and after your transition, right? Uh, from uh, from industry into into helping others become a better version of themselves through education. Um, I, I somehow thought of the movie Jerry Maguire. That's that's it. But then if if your heart is empty, then you know uh yeah. nothing else matters. Hey Justin, um few questions. What was the most, most, most awkward moment in your life that you would like to share with us? And then the second one to <laughs> round it off. What was the most hilarious moment? Does it have to be industry or what? It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. So the most awkward and what, what was the other one? Most hilarious. Of course, we have to, you know, we have to round it up with joy. <laughs> All right. Awkward. I got to think about this awkward moment. You know what? I would say, I would say, I would say I, I can't, I have to kind of go back to, I always got to go back to the industry and in that, you know, Back whenever I was in the industry, you know, I was trying, I was trying to be a superhero, right? I was trying to solve all the problems, right? So, so, you know, one of these organizations said, oh, you know, finance, I hate finance for the record. I was like, yeah, I can, I, yeah, I know finance. So I spent, I like spent like, like a marathon on the weekend, you know, trying to figure out this finance application, right? So I can go on site and, you know, do the finance, do the financial, you know, uh, uh, training session and all this other stuff. And I'm out there, I'll go, I go through, I go through the thing, I click all the buttons and everything. And then the controller starts asking questions. Oh boy, 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 boy. That was, that was, that was probably the most awkward moment in terms of, in terms from a, from an industry perspective, you know, and from that, from that day forward, I always tell people that fake it till you make it crap is nonsense. <laughs> I said, I will tell you firsthand, that is, that, that is not the case. <laughs> so from that point, from that day forward, I will not touch finance. I will not touch finance in terms of speaking about it, in terms of the application perspective. When we do software place, I say, I'm not that person. I am not it, you know, because that <laughs> one, that one moment, right? <laughs> you know, but, oh yeah, that was terrible. I remember that one like it's yesterday. But um, in terms of, in terms of hilarious moment, I always have hilarious moments though. You know, I was, you know what? I would say, I would say, I would say I have a number. I try to I try to say I always have a hilarious moment every time I speak to somebody. Every time I every time I go into a podcast because if you're not having fun with it, you know, why are you doing it? What's the point? Right? What's the point? <laughs> and and the, the the thing I explain to people is that this isn't work for me. If I'm educating people, if I touch one person listening to this podcast, I've done my job. You know, and my students say, man, you're so laid back. I say, because this stuff is fun, my friend. This stuff is fun. 
You know, yes, yes, yeah. I say, I say, yes, I work a lot. Yes, I work 16 hours, but I'm working 16 hours on my hobby. You know, and and I always want to make it fun. You know, some people, some of the some of the serious people, you know, that are probably they're probably so 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 miserable once they go home. You know, they think, oh, he's too laid back. You can't, I can't take him serious. Okay, fair enough. We're not going to be a good fit anyway. See you later. You know, so so you know it. It's that's just that's just my approach. That's my style because you have to have fun. When you have fun, you'll be able to innovate. You know, you're going to be able to collaborate. I think you're more likable. Like I said, I'm not for everybody. I'm not for everybody, but but you see, you see me. You see who I am. I don't I don't fake it. But how no. how the kids say it? How the kids say it? I'm not capping. I think that's how you put it in context. I think, <laughs> but 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 you know what you get, what you see is what you get. What you hear, what you hear is what you get. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's the that's the best way to go through your life. It would be very 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 tiring to change masks all the time. Oh man, I would go. I would go. You know. Yeah. Blank but, from that. The thing is, that's what I was trying. That's what I was trying to do when I was in the industry. Right. Oh, you got to be all this professional. Okay. Yeah, fine. But it's like now what you see is what you get. If you don't like it, there's other people out there that do the same thing I do. I, I you totally know? agree. You you have to be able to look yourself in a mirror. That's the, you know, and if that guy is not smiling back, you're doing something wrong. Right. <laughs> you're definitely doing something <laughs> <Right>? wrong. Just <laughs> a totally different question. You probably haven't think, thought about this, but if I give you the possibility to dine with three people, alive or dead, who does three, three people, people be? Yes. To die with three people. To dine, 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 dine. Oh, was it die? I was like, goodness gracious. No, 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 no. That would be a very awkward <laughs> what question. What is going on here? <laughs> I know. Dine, no, dine to eat. Good thing I asked. <laughs> <laughs> he was like already thinking, oh, I'm busting my head. What? <laughs> this, is, this is a new one. <laughs> right? I was like, man. I was like, I'm glad I want to interview question. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the first ever right, <laughs> right? all right done done are who going to eat with all right got it <laughs> yeah exactly number one first and foremost elon i love i'm a i'm a i'm an elon freak i like the way he some people don't like i like the way he thinks like i kind of think like that right and like just had just as I, as i said that you know you have to have this kobe mindset this mamba this mamba this mamba mindset it's like whenever i'm thinking about stuff i'm like what would Elon do? <laughs> <laughs> I go, I go, what would MacGyver do? But, but that's a different, uh, right? but it's like, it's like, you think about it from a leadership perspective, from an entrepreneurship perspective, people have been doubting Elon since the beginning. Elon does not list, does not listen to the critics. He just proves people wrong time and time again. Yes, he fails, but he continues on. Right. Now Elon's the first. Second, second is going to be Jackie Robinson. Jackie, I mean, you look at look at the, look at that. I mean, it took me like five years to find an autograph. But anyway, but but you know, I don't think I would be where I, where I am today if it wasn't for Jackie Robinson. I'm a big sports fan. Some people say Martin Luther King, you know, but Martin Luther King wouldn't be where he and it wouldn't wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have made the progress he had. Maybe maybe probably wouldn't have made the progress we had without Jackie Robinson. Think about it. 
you know? And and I would say, I would say, I would say Brock, he's just cool. And he, I think he would have some good nuggets. I think he would have some good nuggets to drop. He would have some good you can think along. But you know what? If I had a, if I had another one, if I had an extra one, I would say Trump because I would I would want to see what Barack and Trump would have to say at the same table. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one. Put all four of them, like just to have fun, you know, <laughs> and just just let them discuss. Just let them discuss. Elon, Trump, and, and and Obama. Holy crap! What what kind of conversation would that be? <laughs> just uh, I'm having uh, uh, yeah. to mix just to just because just, I'm just curious about what would be said. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. In the left corner, we have no. I'm just <laughs> that would be that would be uh, uh, either hilarious or very disturbing. <laughs> very, very awkward. <laughs> very awkward. Exactly. Exactly. Then maybe then it would be three people you die with. <laughs> then the question yeah, would yeah, apply. The first question I thought you said. Hey, uh, just Who are your BR3? Who are your three? No, you can't get away. You can't get away. Who are your BR3? Bam. Okay. Uh, Sultan Suleiman the Great. Okay. He was one of the greatest lo- rulers of the Ottoman Empire. Okay. That, that's one. Tesla. Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla. Okay. okay. Um, and the third one would be, I would say, I would go... I would go to the Aztec time just to figure out what these guys did to give me a cheat yeah. from the Aztec time and that I can understand them truly. Um, just for the sake of fun. Um, now you went not, deep. You went yeah. deep. My, my, my sounds terrible compared to yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you ask That's these like, questions, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I just, just the top of the mind, but, you know, I love these ancient cultures. Uh, that's that's like the guy that lived like 500 years ago and that they build up an empire. That's like, okay. Right. Without you build a factory. We have. <laughs> yeah. No internet, nothing. No, no, no technology involved. And these guys build empires. So that's quite impressive. Then you have Tesla who, you know, people are so ignorant that they think that Tesla is just the name of a car. Uh, yeah. That guy invented 21st century. So I really want to know how his brain sticks. Um, yeah, and you know, we know so little that went down a few thousand years ago. So we know so little about the Aztec empire, uh, yeah. or how these guys lived. We just guess because, uh, Spanish murdered everybody. Um, so I would, I would be really, really, really keen to understand the culture and to, to get to know what, what went on there, man. <laughs> Yeah. Now you have me thinking. Now you have me wanting to do some research tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's it. That's key to the good conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, and there are plenty enough, but then we would fill up a table and we would have a cocktail party and <laughs> there would be right. if we would put all the people in the same room, right? So right. that would be too much. Get some of that ancient mead. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I, I, I would just was was watching this guy. I, I cannot remember his name, and that one about Egypt and uh, etc. And this also so amazing. I cannot recall his name. That's uh, something with four 
or something. He's on YouTube, all over the YouTube. It doesn't matter. I, I, if I come up with his name, I will send it yeah, to you. It's it really, I'm always I'm always looking at stuff like that and going down rabbit holes for sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, really interesting, uh, Justin. It was amazing talking to you. But now, I have to summarize our awesome conversation, or ask you to summarize our conversation and sum it up in your two cents for the audience, young professionals, students, whoever is listening. What is your key takeaway? I would say never stop. I would say never stop learning. There's the way the the way the world is is evolving right now. Young young students. Professionals, even if you're in your 50s, you can never stop learning, right? You know, the world is changing too fast for you to become complacent, you know, with within this world because, because you know, yes, yes, they may they may look like your peers, but I'm saying that I have a competitive mindset, right? You know, I love I love my peers, but you know, I think of that's my competitor. Right. And and I always so I was I was actually interviewing with another institution. And and the dean was like, man, he's like, you've done all these things. You've done all these things. You've done TED Talks. You peer review journal articles. You, you've created programs within higher education. He's like, what's next? I said, I want to be I want to be the top supply chain profession in the world. And she kind of smiled. I said, I'm serious. I said, I'm serious. Right. So that's that's my mindset. You know, and you kind of have, and like we said before we before we started recording. I mean, I, I just did a I did a career day with these with these middle school students, you know, and I said, you know, you know, you done heard of Kobe Bryant, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I said, you know, Kobe, Kobe had that 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 mama mentality for basketball. I said, you have to have that same mentality in terms of higher education. You know, I said, I said, if your if your driver is making making all this money, and you want to be a doctor and you want to be a lawyer and things like that. I say, in some cases, if, if like I said, if money's your driver, you can make a, you can make probably five times more than a doctor or a lawyer with from a, from an education perspective, because you're going to be a thought leader in a certain industry in a certain area. You're going to be a leader in a certain area, right? So I say, if you have this mamba mentality. From an education perspective, you're going to be making so much money, so much more money. Those people you idolize on IG, those people you idolize on TikTok, those people you idolize on Facebook. You know, I say higher education. I say I say education is the key. Yes, I say there's room for improvement within the higher education system. But there's a whole lot of education that's for free that you can learn on your own. And if you find if you find your hobby you be the best at that hobby that you can possibly be. And that's where, that's what's going to be a differentiator. That's all. <laughs> I think, uh, I think that's, uh, that's a beautiful uh, key takeaway, Justin. It was great talking to you. Looking forward to see you on the stage live, not, not digital. Right. Well, we're working on, we're working on, I might, I'm, I might, I would take a hologram though. That'd be pretty cool. No, no, man. Nothing beats the real thing, you know. Shaking hands, having a beer together. Nothing beats the real thing. It's so boring, you know. It's so boring. Shake hands with a hologram. Yeah, that's like, you know, nah, 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 nah. Real thing, real thing. Have a beer together. It was it was really a pleasure talking to you and uh, look forward to much more conversation with you further on the road. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you very much. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening, dear ladies and gentlemen. This was Challenging the Status Quo podcast brought to you by Digital Savages with your host, Amir Sabirovich. 
safe and healthy and until next time, ciao!